Welcome to it, everybody. This is Bob Mia. My name is Devin Birdsong. I'm the virtual pastor here, um, the humble potterator, the uh, what else? Hirsch. Bing bong. That's not right, is it? No, bing, you're... bing bing bong. Bing bong. Hirsch, we're back in your oh, house. Oh, hey, welcome back. Thank you for coming. Yeah, we're in Studio 17 again today. Um, it's a privilege to be here. Hey, it's my privilege to have you here. The carpet's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly mostly clean. Does Loretta clean the office here? Yeah, she does. Does she? She gets all the feathers out. And Do the, you mind to tell her to get the hay? Loretta! <laughs> Moderator said that the office was disgusting and it's all your fault. <laughs> we didn't hear from you talking to Loretta the last time we were, were in here. <laughs> uh, how, how is she doing, by the way? She's doing good. Yeah. Doing finger exercises, trying to slim down a little bit. <laughs> I, Watching what she picks up. <laughs> I would say so. Uh, do you mind to tell her to get some fly spray? Is that what they call it? Yeah, they're pets. I'm actually trying to feed them for a friend of mine. Because Freddie and Frida Fly is in here, and they are really bugging me. No pun, no pun intended. intended. Yeah. How often does she clean here? Because it looks a little cluttered around here, too. Every uh, six to eight months. I do see a nice felt cowboy hat over there. Do yeah. you wear that to feed the animals? Or I what's do. The deal there? I do. Mm-hmm. How's that go? Good. Well, any, good. any more details on that? Well, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out what I'm going to ask. Ask away. I've been looking here in Studio 17. Something's caught my attention over here. It's a gumball machine. It's on the top shelf of a bookcase that's about nine feet in the air. <laughs> How often do you guys do... Uh... Well, they were gumballs. Now they're jawbreakers. <laughs> so we, we keep them out of the reach of children. Okay. Uh, Brother Victor Bryant, Watts Hole in His Church, made that for me. Okay, that's awesome. And so it's more of a keepsake. Yeah, so it means a lot. So you put it up higher. The stuff that means a lot, you put up higher. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's all I want to talk about here in Studio 17. All right. We'll see you next week. No, oh. no, we're not done. We have special guests here. We have Brother Mike and Sister LaDonna Blue here. Welcome. Hello, Brother Devin. Yeah. How you doing, Brother Blue? How I'm doing well. Hello, Brother Herschel. Good to see y'all. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to our party. Sister Blue, how yes, are you? Yes, I'm good. It's really great to be with you guys. Yeah. It's, a, it's all our honor. Oh, yeah. That was kind of a... Yeah. That's a hard sentence to say. <laughs> Too many vowels up front, I think. <laughs> Wait, H is not a vowel. Do you yeah. spell honor with an H or an O? <laughs> oh, anyway, I, let's just move on. It depends on how you're using it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you're getting pretty close to honorary. Yeah, very yes. close. That is something that I don't, I've known, I don't think I've ever known how to spell. Because I've had that sent to me in a text. It looks more like ornery. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Like O. How is that? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get off on a sidetrack here in the beginning. <laughs> How do you spell that? I, I always ask Sister Siri. I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's your cheater? <laughs> yeah, that's my cheater. Where was Siri when we were in school? I don't know. That's horrible. I know. 
Apple should have been around a lot longer. I'd like to talk more about Siri and everything else, but we've got some special guests here today, Hurst. Yeah. We, we've got to talk to them. We've got to. Yeah, these are... These not are, every day this happens. No. These mm-hmm. are probably the most famous people in the holiness movement. Uh, yeah, I would oh, go yeah, with that. right. I would go with that. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the pod and me is the most famous. Well, I, I doubt that. I mean, you guys are, you're legends. Absolutely. In our own mind. (laughs) 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 That's a good place to be a legend. Yeah. Oh, we have had Brother Blue on here a couple times, but we've always wanted you on here, Sister Blue. Well, thank you. I don't want you to think because you weren't the first Blue on here that you weren't, you know, wanted. Yeah, I know you're saving the best for last. That's exactly right. No, this shouldn't be the last time. No, it's not the last. (laughs) Depending on how good this goes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. We're just saying it's getting better. Okay. Yes, it is. We teased this on our debut episode when Brother Blue was on here giving his testimony. And by the way, do you have good testimony too, or is it just kind of run of the mill? Because he's got a good one. (laughs) Well, I'll just interject here before she tells it. I often say she has the better testimony. Well, we'll we'll look forward to hearing that. But we teased this on the first episode, and that's just been a little over three years ago. And so with the ministry of low expectations that we're into here, it takes a long time for us to get around stuff like this. Yeah. But I'm glad it happened. Well, thank you. We uh, wanted to talk to you guys about your children's ministry and kind of how all that came about. Let's just start here since we've already mentioned this. What about your personal testimony? Okay, well... I was just a little girl. I'm not for sure if I was four or five, but I believe I was four years old. And uh, I always sat with my dad in church. My mom played music, so she always played the altar service. So dad would take me to the altar with him, set me up on the altar while he prayed. And one time I was sitting on the altar and the Lord touched my heart and tears started flowing down my face. And I tapped my dad on the shoulder and said, Dad, I want to be saved. So the Lord saved me. I don't know if it was a Sunday or Wednesday or when it was, but the Lord saved me. And then when I was eight years old, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Wow. What a testimony. That's awesome. My wife was filled with the Holy Ghost at eight years old as well, and she doesn't remember the exact age mm-hmm, that right. she was saved. But I agree with your Brother Blue. That is the better testimony. By far, the uh, things that they were rescued from yes. by giving their life to Christ at a young age and the saving of a whole life, not just a part of a life. God wants to use young people. You're a prime example of that, Sister Blue. You're young. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, go on from there and tell exactly what, what happened later on and how God called you into children's ministry. I was 16 years old, and the Lord just kind of brought to my attention. We had a lot of little children in our church, and on Sunday morning, it was kind of like a circus sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, the kids crying and up and down and in and out. And I'm thinking the reason why this is happening is because the ministry is above their level. They need something on their level. So the Lord brought the thought to me, why don't you start a children's church? Which at that particular point, had that been done that you'd ever heard of? Never heard. I'd never been in a children's church before. The only special service I'd ever been in was when I was a little girl in a a lady came to our church and had a special service for us on a Sunday morning. That a kid really, service. Yeah, a kid service. Hmm. And she sang kid songs and told a kid's story to us. And I thought, wow, she really likes kids. She took time out to do that for us. Yeah. So I decided that I would like to try that. So I talked to my pastor and got his permission and started a children's church. Of course, I had no 
clue what to do. Just kind of basically self-taught myself and asked around. Spent a lot of time at the Bible bookstore because at that time there was no Google. Okay. I was just fixing <laughs> yeah. to ask what a Bible bookstore was. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. lost me there for a minute, too. So I bought just some books, puppet books, had them made finger puppets and stuff, like hand, little hand puppets and stuff like that. What was your method in the beginning? Basically just singing courses with the kids and uh, telling the Bible story with a puppet, a little hand puppet. Okay. I didn't hide the movement of my mouth or anything. It was just sitting there, you know, got yeah. their attention with the little puppet. How long would the services be, do you remember? It was probably about 40, 45 minutes at the longest. Okay. So I was told this years ago, and I'm sure you guys have found something similar to this to be true. Our first church we pastored was in New Mexico, and we pastored a lady who was in elementary education. She was a kindergarten teacher and at that time had been one for many years. She said in their training, they said, you have the attention span that corresponds with the age that you're talking to. Right. So at kindergarten level, you have about five minutes before mm-hmm. you have to change and do something different. Mm-hmm. Right. And at that time, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I may have not done it. I'm sure I didn't do it perfect. But I tried. And at 16, that went from there and it evolved into? When I was... Um, uh, I think 1977, so I was still in, I was in college, actually, to be a school teacher. Okay. The Lord had been dealing with me about doing more with children's ministry other than children's church, and He confirmed that through my mother. We were sitting there talking, she said, Don, I just wanted to tell you, I feel like the Lord has more for you than just children's church and your children's ministry. Hmm. It wasn't, but just... Maybe a few weeks, I got a phone call from an area pastor, asked me if my brother and I could come to their church and do a kid's crusade. Mm I had never been to a kid's crusade. I really didn't know what a kid's crusade was. Wow. (laughs) But um, so we said, okay, we'll do that. So we started out with a refrigerator box covered with contact paper for our (laughs) puppet stage. (laughs) Real fancy. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And the little hand puppets. And that's how we started. And then uh, that's at, at how old again? Probably. 20. I can't, I haven't done the math in my head. So here. that's yeah. where you did your first kids' crusade yeah. was a, a pastor invited yeah. you. Wow, I've never heard that. And then after that, my dad helped us build a puppet stage and, and helped us where we could break it down and we hauled it in the trunk of a car. And that opened up kids' ministry for you. Yes, it did. It started in our hometown area, and Brandsville was one of the first places mm-hmm. I went to, and uh, Ozark, Missouri. So this wasn't something that was ever done in our fellowship of churches. So how, in the beginning, was that accepted? In most places, it was accepted. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I have another story about it. one church we went to that uh, the puppets were not accepted. We did not know about that until we were on our way to this uh, church for Kids Crusade. It was brother, actually Brother Savage's church. Okay. And his son, Randy, at mm-hmm. the time was in charge of the Kids Crusade. And he called me. He said, I don't know if I told you this, but there is a family in our church that would be offended if you use your puppets. So I was real concerned because that's how we did our Bible stories. So on the way there, my brother drove and I prayed, asked the Lord, what can we do in this kids crusade? You know, we got to come up with something really quick. And the Lord said, you be the puppet. Wow. I never knew that. That's awesome. So I used my puppet voice mm-hmm. and became Little Mary. So was Little Mary a puppet first 
Well, she it was. She a, wasn't it was, named. There was a, it was a mouse. Okay. And I just tweaked my voice. Little my, mousey. Yeah. yeah. Squeaky, little mousey. Yeah. Squeaky the squeaky, mouse. Squeaky the mouse. Okay. And so I tweaked my voice to make it not too squeaky, you know, yeah. for a little girl. That is, that's awesome. How all that, that. Was, you know, evolves. Yes. So little Mary was born in Virginia. Okay. Wow. That, that's great to know. Huh? Yeah. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> Me either. I've heard bits and pieces of this, but I've never heard the, the in-depth account. Mm-hmm. Then, I don't want to jump ahead. If I'm jumping ahead, I'm sorry. But God was preparing Brother Blue, as we heard on his testimony, as well for ministry to young people. Right. Do you mind to tell again about what happened at your baptism, Brother Blue? So about two weeks after I got saved, on Easter Sunday, I was baptized in the Elk River in West Virginia, down at the base of the mountain where I'd prayed at that farmhouse up on top of the mountain. Uh, old Church of God preacher there, Brother Hanson, was standing on the bank. His son, who was a Church of God evangelist, did the baptism. But when I came up out of the water and uh, walking up on the shore, Brother Hanson come over and he was just sobbing, crying, grabbed me and embraced me. He said, Brother Mike, he said, while you were under the water, God gave me a vision. And he said, I saw you following the Lord and a multitude of young people following after you. And years later, after we got married, and um, I'll just say that even before we got married, I was a youth pastor, did some youth rallies and, you know, spoke to young people. And then the Lord brought us together and kind of combined our uh, our ministries. Yes, sir. So children's and youth. Two or three years after we were married and we saw all of the youth-related, children-related work that we had done, the Lord reminded me of that. And I was able to call that aged pastor before he passed away and tell him that I believe that God had fulfilled that vision that he had had. Well, this week, what you're doing here at Herschel, Brother Judge Church here, is a uh, children's ministry related yeah, to, vacation, you know, Bible, vacation school. Bible school that you've mm-hmm. done here for years, correct? Yes, I think we figured out that we've done 10 out of the 14 or maybe 15 that they've done through the years. So. Yes, sir. That's amazing. So how did you guys how did you guys get together? Was that Bible school? Her brother, Alan, was my roommate at Bible school, and he was the instrument that, you know, helped introduce us. Okay. And we got married, but they were already traveling and doing kids' crusades mm-hmm. and uh, doing uh, children's ministry. So basically, after we got married, I kicked him off the team. (laughs) (laughs) No, the Lord had already put it in my heart to uh, try to communicate the gospel in any way possible that I could to anybody that would listen. You know, I've testified on the streets. I've done some street ministry. I've handed out tracts. And my desire was just to tell people about the Lord. And if, if kids would listen, I wanted to try to bring it down to their level so we could talk to them about Jesus. So she was way ahead of me on children's ministry, mm-hmm. but the Lord brought it together. How did that how does that work putting together one of your crusades? Well, before I go there, let me just say okay. that before we got married, I went to her home church to be the youth pastor there. Okay. 
So we were able to work side by side, even as our relationship was blooming. That's great. She was working in children's church. I was working with the youth. And there were probably times that she had me help with skits and things like that. Or I would come and help in children's church. And things just kind of grew from there. She was impressed with what you did. I think so. <laughs> did you yeah. say where you're supposed to chime in? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Did you say depressed with what I did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how a kid's crusade comes together kind of behind the scenes. Okay, well, first of all, we have to look for ideas for a theme. And then when you when you come up with a theme, you've got to think of stories that will go with that theme, songs that will go with that theme. So sometimes in midstream, you change your theme because you can't come up with the songs and ideas. So when, we all, when it all starts coming together, then you know that that's the right theme. Both of you guys are very quick-witted. Your humor is tremendous. So... Is there writing involved? Well, some of it's spontaneous, okay, and a, a lot of it is my wife's ability to make puns, jokes out mm-hmm. of words. Of course, that comes through with with Little Mary. But you know this: that with a certain amount of comedy or humor, one has to be the lead and feed the setup line yes. or whatever yeah. you know, for lack of a better word. It's the, so, it's the perfect straight man. Yeah, is, is what yeah. what Brother Blue does very very well. Yes. Yeah, the straight man. That's a that's what they right, and and so when we work through a Bible story, we're looking for those difficult words that kids might not understand, names and places. Mm -hmm. We try not to cross that line of being sacrilegious about important characters, but yes, we do have to work through it in advance to know how it's going to sound and how how it will play out. Here's a question that comes to mind because it is a comedy routine, essentially. I mean, I, I don't want to remove God in the spiritual element and the eternal effects that it's had on kids, but is there a certain amount of nerves that come with writing a new crusade and thinking, okay, will this work? I mean, after you've done it for a while, there should be some things you know are going to work. Well, it's probably like preaching. You have to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And can I say anointed? <laughs> because, Absolutely. Because there's, there's, there's times when it just flows mm-hmm. and it comes, we may go to one church and it's so hard to tell that same story that we have told numerous times. Mm-hmm. Go to another time and it just flows. So it, it it takes that also. But in coming up with the story, sometimes it's not easy to go through because your story may only be like two or three scriptures long. Right. And so now you've got to come up with an imagination of how the story was. So that's what he tries to do is kind of give a picture of what the story looked like so the kids can see it. And then I try to draw it out. And I learned when I was going to college that repetition was very good for a child to learn. So that's sometimes little Mary does get very repetitious yes. in some of the things she says and yes. does. And that's why. And that's purposeful. Yeah. And I might rewind that also to her college days when she was studying to be a teacher and she's got her bachelor's degree in elementary education. She took some of those principles that she learned for the classroom, which involved repetition and creativity, imagination, using, you know, the imagination of a child, which is natural and normal, but to rein it in and use it yeah. to appeal to. Those aspects of it are done on purpose, so it's not completely spontaneous or accidental. I'm glad you shared that because while you're saying that, I'm going back in my mind and thinking about the repetition. It all brings in another dimension to your ministry. Right. In my mind, that's really neat. There's sometimes that uh, Little Mary has through some 
things out that wasn't planned. Okay. Well, definitely. There are those exceptions <laughs> to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any of those that comes to mind that you can, or a memory comes to mind where it caught Brother Mike off guard and oh, yeah. you <laughs> totally lose it? Yeah. Please share. Well, one, uh, one story we tell, and I we may have recorded, it may be on the recording, I don't think so, but he's telling the story of Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. do have that one recorded. Yeah, we have that one recorded, but I don't know if where I what I did. Yeah, to probably this that. isn't on there. <laughs> but anyway, we're we are the princesses, you know. Yeah. And walking back and forth, and he's the king, and he says, "I am so mad, I could stomp my foot." And I'm standing right there, and I think, "Yes." I said, "I'm so mad, I could stomp your foot too," and I <laughs> and stomped it. You did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So caught me off guard. <laughs> and he, we both cracked up. It was just so funny. I could not believe she just did that. <laughs> she stomped on it hard. It hurt. <laughs> I love those kind of moments because, oh, because I love funny things anyway. We had a children's crusade with a very talented couple when we were in uh, Arkansas, and they were they were doing a farm theme, and we were in a rural community that they have a different brogue there. Mm-hmm. And so the man, when he told me what his theme was, I'm like, look, it, it may not work here because this is real life to us, you know? <laughs> and so we took it upon her, ourselves, me and a, a good brother from the church, to school him in some new brogue for his routine <laughs> for the next week. What me and the other brother didn't realize is that night, this guy implemented some of those words. And when he did, uh, they were they were hilarious anyway. And when he did, he was looking at us. He lost it. We lost it. <laughs> His wife lost it. It was uh, those kind of moments to me are just yes. pure gold. We had that happen at uh, one church in uh, Tulsa, Sister Schaefer. Mm-hmm. We were telling the story of, of Noah. Mm-hmm. And we got to the real serious part where the flood came and all the people were killed, you know. But she got so tickled that she was laying down in the pew laughing. <laughs> Out loud. And we saw her, and we both got tickled yeah. right in the, the really sad part of the story. <laughs> he said, and they all died. And we just all cracked up laughing. <laughs> we just had to shut it down. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You have to learn how to handle those kind of situations. Yeah. Huh? You asked a question earlier about something along the lines of, designing a service or yes. how how we come yes. up with a kids crusade service we believe in it may not be visible oh. to everybody you'd have to look real close but we do believe in incorporating all of the normal parts of a reg- regular normal service in the flow of a kid service so that means we're going to have singing which we start out with some singing they would know but we would consider that congregational singing and then we take up an offering Mm-hmm. mostly at the request of the pastors, but we also use that as a teaching moment that God loves a cheerful giver. And then we uh, sing a special, and a lot of times the special will be a puppet or a, a guest of some kind. But we're trying to create the same flow of a regular service, and the sermon is just simply broke down into pieces, like the, the theme verse, the text for that night we may use as our memory verse. And then the Bible story supports that. And then I'll do a closing object lesson of some kind. 
but we consider that all the sermon for that night, yeah. and we try to make them fit together. Here again, going back in my mind, I can see how that all works. And that's great to to prepare them for what it's like to go to grown-up church. Yeah, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So any advice to someone who is just feeling a burden or calling to children's ministry? Never forget how important it is to sow truth into the heart of a child. Their life is developing. Wow. Yeah. And we want to help that life go in the right direction. And never forget that children really can get saved. Yes, sir. And my wife testified to that a while ago. and. Mm-hmm. And your your wife, you mentioned. Yes. And I quite often say we've, we've been, I think, deceived by the idea, the concept of an age of accountability. Okay. And there's debate over that. Some say the age of accountability is 12 based on the Jewish tradition of bar mitzvahs and all that right. stuff. They become a man. And that's the age of accountability. And unfortunately, some that we have known through the years, put it much older than that, like similar to the age of when you can drive a car or get out of high school. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. Sure. That's um, too late. Way or too far late. far too late, yeah. Right. The age of accountability is that time when a child feels accountable. If they start feeling that sense of guilt about the things that they've done and yeah. God is convicting them and making them aware of that, it's time to get saved and don't waste a whole life in the things of the world. I've never heard that explained any better, Brother Blue, because I have I've heard people say around 12 and certainly in my own experience, I got saved at nine years old. So I'm thankful that my parents didn't push me to that particular age. That's very good advice. As we travel the country, it always amazes us because even when we're doing the kids crusade, LaDonna can tell more about this, that we don't always see or know the depth of the experience that child has had. But we've had it even this last week. People come up and said, I got saved yeah. in one of your kids' crusades. Mm. Praise the Lord. Actually, Sister Bendy Snow came to me the other day and said, Sister Blair, I don't know if I ever expressed to you and let you know, but one year when I was seven years old, you all were at a youth camp that I was, a kid's camp that I was at, and you were the teachers of my class, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And I had, to, we were at a minister's meeting or something, and a young lady come up to me, said, Sister Blue, you probably don't remember me, but I was a little girl in a kid's crusade, and the Lord saved me, and now I'm a minister's wife. That actually is where I was wanting to go to. Uh, is some of the stories that you guys have have experienced and saw some of the fruit of your labor. A great point is it may not be immediately noticed. Any more of those to share? Three weeks ago, I think it was now, we were doing just a kids weekend. They had a special event on Saturday, and then they took the whole Sunday morning service and had us do a kid service. And a small church, they had a small number of kids, but some of the parents had brought their grandkids and maybe a few neighborhood kids came. But in the altar service, the Lord got to moving and those children started crying and felt the presence of the Lord. And even the pastor's daughters, young daughters, he said, I've never seen, especially the one daughter, never seen her cry and pray like that. Praise God. And that was not us. We were there doing a kid's service and God got in it and God was moving there. One story I can think of 
It wasn't at the kids' crusade, but a grandmother called me and told me the story of her granddaughter was listening to our uh, big CD about the Victory Valley on the mm-hmm. show, the Victory Valley. And on that CD, we lead three cowboys to the Lord. Well, after her, her little granddaughter had listened to that CD, she was in her bedroom and she came out and she was crying. And her mom says, what's wrong? She said, Mom, I just realized I need to be saved. Mm. I'm not saved, and I just got saved. Brother Mike and Sister LaDonna on their CD showed me how to be saved. Wow. So Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And one other story that takes it to maybe a little different level or phase. We were doing a kids' crusade in Indiana several years ago and got down to the point we were making the altar call. And a husband and wife, a mom and dad of the kids that were there, came forward and got saved. Wow. Praise God. But somehow or another, in that case, bringing it down to a level where it was so easily sure. understood, yeah. they responded to it. And I want to throw in here, too, it came up a little bit earlier. I believe the blues are very anointed in communication because I know people that could say the same thing, but the communication there when you can bring it to a level. It's hard for me to talk to a, a five and six-year-old. I, I, I'll admit that. I enjoy it. I love being around kids. Sure. I, I jokingly say, give me young kids and old people. It's everybody else in between I struggle with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But the communication where you can tell a, a five-year-old about Jesus or six or seven-year-old, my mom got saved at a very young age, and communicate that. And like you just spoke to, the parents even communicating it. Because for me, I do take for granted sometimes that everyone knows the big stories of the Bible, mm-hmm. and I don't have to explain it or be repetitive. And you do, and and what you guys do. So a feather in your all's hat. The communication is praise God unbelievable when it, it comes is. to getting to that level to where a kid can say, "I need to know Jesus for myself." Give Him the glory. Yes, sir. It's been really rewarding to me. You guys have been instrumental in the the last two churches we've pastored in Arkansas and then here in Oklahoma. And my kids have formed a relationship with both of you outside the outside the church. Uh, of course they loved the kids crusade, but then also we've, you know, got the material that you guys uh, have recorded and they listen to it all the time. But to attend a camp meeting recently where you were preaching one of the night services, Brother Blue, and I saw the look on my younger two children's face while you were preaching such a profound message mm-hmm. and a stirring message, and to, to, to see my younger two children respond to that was awesome. Just back to what Brother Judd said, you have communicated with young people so much that even when there's something, I mean, you were preaching a message that was very heavy. It hit so hard, not my heart only, but my whole family was affected by that. Yeah, It's amazing to me. I can't say enough good about that. And you're a very humble man. And I know you give God all the glory for that, but thank you for that. God has gifted both of you to, to be able to communicate with kids. And you said that so well, because I was at that camp meeting as well. And Brother Blue's communication spanned from a 10-year-old to a 67-year-old. Yes. I don't even claim that I could do that. I don't know many people can. And I told somebody just recently about that service. When when the altar call was getting there, I felt God's approval on that service and that sermon, and everyone could feel that. Amen. 
I'm glad to get a little bit of behind the scenes look at what you guys have done over the years because it's been such a vital part of our movement. Well, thank you for giving us a chance yes, to share. Thank it. you. Mm-hmm. Thank it's been you. a great adventure. Our life. It's been a wonderful adventure. Yes, sir. And You've... that would also include little Mary got to go to the Philippine Islands years really? ago. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> so how did that go on foreign soil? Uh, well, probably they didn't have a clue what I was saying. <laughs> And if they did, they would not understand my puns. (laughs) We were teaching in the Bible school. We were teaching them how to teach children, you know, just different methods. So that's where a little bit, I remember my first time to uh, tell a story using an interpreter. That's exactly what I was about to ask. It was in my head. Like, does the interpreter have a squeaky voice? <laughs> yeah, how did that go? Yeah. Yeah. Was there an interpreter with a mouse voice? I, I, mean, how does... I can't remember that part, but I do remember when I was telling, we were went to one of the, what they call Mario, Mario's, is that what they call the little uh, villages we'd oh, go into? Barrio. Barrio, yeah. yeah. Mario something totally different. <laughs> Completely different. You're right. <laughs> no, let's not go there. <laughs> I can tell you what a little Mario yeah. is. You can delete that. When he's a little Mario, he's about yeah. to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he got tickled at me because I was telling a story, you know, I would say some words and I would tell me to be sure to stop and let them interpret. So I would do that. So I was telling a story about an animal. And so I made the animal sound and I stopped. <laughs> Interpret that. Waiting yeah. for an interpretation of the cow's yeah. moo or whatever yeah. it was. Give them plenty of time to put that in your language. Yes. Animals speak a universal yeah. language. Oh, that's tremendous. I might need to pick up on some of that, as many as I deal with. A couple more things before we close down. I want to talk about your 60th birthday here in just a second. But one memory that stands out to me, Brother Mike, and I think it may have been a couple years previous to that, you came and preached for us, and you are so agreeable that when <laughs> I when I suggested that you and I go play racquetball, you took me up on that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anybody, I hurt for days afterwards. <laughs> if anybody wants to know, Brother Mike Blue is or at least was a very good racquetball player. So are you busy after we get done recording here? I'm very busy. <laughs> Covered up. <laughs> I don't know exactly uh, when that was in relation to your 60th birthday, but you preached a uh, meeting for us there in Arkansas mm-hmm. on your 60th birthday. I arranged for us to go up in a small aircraft. One of the great experiences of my life. I enjoyed that day so much. Unforgettable. I wanted to be a gentleman, but I didn't want to impose. But I wanted you to get a chance to sit in the uh, in the front seat with the pilot. So that put me and little Mary in the back. <laughs> yes. Y'all want to tell what happened there? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. We were going to... Over your house. Well, back up uh, when we were on the runway or just getting our headsets on. Oh, yes. You remember that? Oh, yes, I remember. The were pilot, we doing a sound check or something? Yes. Okay. The pilot was asking if everybody had their headphones on, and so we were all answering, and I answered in a little merry voice. Right. He couldn't hear your microphone at first. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying, her her mic is not working. And so I, I punched you, and I said, or... Punch is probably not a good choice of words. Me. Yeah, Tap me. With, with your elbow. <laughs> and I said, try the little Mary voice. Okay. I said, yeah, I'm on. <laughs> he turned around like, who got on the plane with us? <laughs> 
And then, as we were flying, Brother Mike, you can, yes, or you both of y'all that. can tell about you this. You can tell that one, flying over their house. Oh, yeah, when he quickly banked the plane to mm-hmm. make a tight circle to circle around your house. Instantly, we all regretted eating Grab- anything before we got <laughs> yeah. on the plane. We started plane. grabbing for bags. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fortunately, that. we survived. Yes. I mean, it didn't, it didn't really happen, but it was close. It was very yes. close for all three of us, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Evans just kept flying. <laughs> very tight circles. <laughs> yes, he did. I was looking forward to being on the ground about that point. <laughs> Uh, something else I want to share here in closing, you also have written a children's book. And as a matter of fact, here, it's probably been about two weeks ago, our youngest, our little girl, Addison, she was so disappointed because she didn't get to go with everybody else one one night. And so we come home from church All of her friends got to go out to eat, and we, as the parents, chose not to go out to eat that night, and it was the worst abuse that any child has ever faced. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So she was having a really, really tough time. And Hannah said, go get a book and read her a book. I think that would help. So I chose your book, Brother Blue. Really? and It was a bad night. That made it all better. So do you want to tell us about the book you wrote? It's called Butterfly Rescue, and Mm -hmm. it's based on a true experience I had with a little butterfly in our yard. I'd expanded on it and made it into a story using my imagination. I called the, the butterfly. It was a monarch butterfly. I named him Montgomery Monarch the fourth or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a butterfly that got off course and got lost and ended up in the shadows of, of my <clears throat> porch in my backyard. He was near death when I rescued him, you know, in butterfly ways. If they don't get the sunshine, they can't fly. Without sunshine, they, you know, eventually die. So I rescued him out of the shadows and put him in my backyard and I just tell how when he got his energy back and I watched him flutter his wings in the sunshine, he got his energy back, he flew around, looked like he was leaving and he, in real life, came back and flapped his wings around my head and then disappeared. It was almost like he was saying, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a very good book, by the way. Are those still in print? Yes. I'll put a link in the description of a way to get a hold of Brother and Sister Blue if you'd like to contact them about that. You guys also have audio available, correct? Yeah, we have a website. It's kids, K-I-D-Z, crusader.com. And on that website, we have the different things we have available. Another thing that I don't think we talked about when you were on previously, Brother Blue, but you... Do you still do the jot and journal business? Yes. Kind of a hobby business of mine. I love pens and notebooks, and so I I sell them and uh, sell journals mm-hmm. and notebooks and mostly base pens. I'm limited, limited to that particular brand because I, I like them. Well, I'm going to give uh, Herschel a plug here. I sat down by him and Loretta in a church service recently, and they had space pens. And he said, you need to see Brother Blue for this, for a space <laughs> pen. You've even reached Herschel. And that's a long ways. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> so has Herschel been telling you that he went to outer space to get that space pen? He has not mentioned anything about it. <laughs> he he does kind of sound like he's from outer space from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> well, brother and sister Blue, it has been an honor for us to sit down and have this conversation today. Thank you for having Thank us. You. It's been a lot of fun yes. and a lot of good memories. Yes. I um I would ask both of you if you want to say anything to Herschel, our one listener. 
But he's right here in the room, so it like, doesn't yeah. work this time. Well, we can still tell him goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, Herschel. Thank y'all for swinging by the, the Herschel Hall. Yeah. <laughs> hey, God bless you. God bless God you. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear and want to show support, hit the support link in the description below.